Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. Hey, we're really um, in the middle of preparation for our relaunch of our Men of Peace coaching. Now, Men of Peace coaching is our long-distance online coaching program for men who desire to take responsibility for and repent of abusive patterns of behavior that they've identified in themselves. And so Men of Peace is really about working with men who acknowledge uh, that they've been abusive, destructive, or harmful in the home. It was birthed initially out of requests that I would receive. I was receiving quite a few requests years ago from men who, who wanted to work with me, in particular on that area, identifying abuse and responding to it. And over the years, it's evolved quite a bit. And many of you have heard me talk about its evolution from one-on-one coaching to small group coaching um, to our new model that's that's going to be coming out pretty soon, uh, which is really in the shape of an online course designed to serve a, a larger number of interested men. And so we're we're hopeful, we're interested to see how this ideation plays out and how rec- how well received it is. Uh, for the folks that have been asking, I want to give you just a brief overview of the program, and then I'd like to talk to you about one aspect uh, if you're listening in today. Um, as a man who's considering the program or perhaps you're looking for resources for change, I want to give you one aspect of change that I think is essential uh, in the process. So Men of Peace, uh, this new edition, will consist of seven pre-recorded content modules that will have homework. And so the idea will be these seven modules will consist of I believe it'll be five individual units, smaller units. They'll all be very, very um, um, digestible material. So short video content, say 10, 10 minutes or so, um, stretched out over the course of a week, or you could binge watch them, I guess. But it'll consist of seven pre-recorded modules with five individual sessions within each module along with homework assignments and the workbook. And that'll be delivered bi-weekly over 14 weeks. And so the idea would be you would have um, the teaching unit, and then the next week there would be uh, different elements that would be delivered. So these seven units would be delivered over 14 weeks. On the off weeks, on the weeks that content is not delivered, um, non-module weeks, there'll be additional options like group coaching phone calls or Zoom meetings with me, and that would be uh, individuals can sign up for those and we'll have a larger group context. Um, and those are those are optional. They I would highly recommend them. And then also uh, our interactive online discussion forum will be utilized in both the module weeks and non-module weeks so we can build um, uh, out give and take and responses within the forum. And all of those will be um, delivered over that 14-16 uh, week period Uh, as part of the coaching course. There'll be some requirements, uh, some recommendations, I should say, where the the individual participants, it'll be recommended they form a shepherding team, and I'll instruct you on how to do that, 
how to build accountability, and then uh, how to engage in the technology and such. Uh, but we're really looking forward to this new version. I'm excited to see, again, how well it's received and uh, how we manage uh, larger, uh, larger groups of guys in this in this coming day. So if you're an individual, if you're a husband who um, perhaps has identified in yourself abusive and destructive behaviors, this might be a process um, that would be valuable to you. If you're a pastor or people helper and uh, you're looking for material that can uh, help, that can coincide with the work that you're already doing, it might be a good option uh, for an individual, a man that you're working with um, to go through. The, the modules themselves and the content will cover a wide variety of uh, material, uh, but all of which will point to um, one of three large movements. And the way we put it is we say uh, we're pursuing information, transformation, and reformation. Information being understanding the dynamics and impact of abuse and then placing yourself in that, seeing where you have been abusive. Uh, transformation is applying the gospel to that reality um, through repentance and faith, responding to the uh, provisional aspects of the gospel, recognizing the positional aspects, and then applying the practical aspects. And then lastly is the reformation piece, which is um, the acting out, the practical living, the next steps. And so if you imagine it um, on a line, it will go, the program begins with the information, the education piece, continues with the transformation piece, and then begins the reformation piece, and that's when you begin to or continue to pursue life with your accountability, your shepherding team, to continue discipleship, moving towards, uh, hopefully, lasting change. Now, there'll be several different aspects of content um, in that in that process, the probably one of which that I think is the most, um, I don't want to say meaningful, but I, I think it's one of the things that is most necessary uh, if, if you're going to see change, is to really understand uh, what you want and how you move forward in that. What you want and uh, how you move forward in responding to those desires. So let's take a moment and think through uh, the motivation behind some of the abusive and destructive behaviors that are so common uh, in the cases uh, that we talk about the understanding that we have of domestic abuse. I would say one of the one of the biggest questions and one of the discussions that I have quite frequently with guys revolves around the question, I don't understand why. Why would I do this? And it is a genuine question, I believe. A lot of men ask, trying to really get a handle on why they've been abusive, why they've been destructive, why they've harmed their partner. And a lot of times, I think the dilemma in that question is that a lot of men are looking for an answer outside of themselves, such as, you know, was it because of some past trauma? Was it because of an addiction? Was it because of... Um, the circumstance in life or the stress in life. And, and I, I don't have time to unpack all the complexity of that, but I can say with certainty that there is no outside cause. There might be contributors. There might be things that make 
abuse um, easier at this point in time for you, uh, but it doesn't cause you. These, this is still a choice. And in fact, that's imperative. If, if you come into a process of change with the hope, right, that you're not responsible in some way, uh, for your behavior, then I don't expect you to experience change. I would really challenge that. I think you have to come in wholeheartedly ready to wrestle uh, with your own choices. I'll even tell guys sometimes early on in the process, you know, with all of the excuses and justifications and rationalizations that are rolling around in one's head and heart, you know, focus in on what you can own and wrestle that to the ground. Take 100% responsibility for everything that you can own and then see if that ownership will expand. See if you can grow in that. And so sometimes when the why question comes up, it's, it's looking for an answer outside of oneself. Why would I do something like this? And then sometimes there's a sincere um, question in that, really wanting to know the why. But I have found over the years that the why question lends itself to storytelling. The, the why question lends itself to speculation. And so I like to reword those questions um, and use the word what or how. And so try this one. If, if this is you, if you're coming to this podcast, maybe looking for a little hope, a little help, then instead of asking the question, why did I insert abusive behavior here? Why did I strangle my wife? Why did I call her those names? Why did I isolate her from friends and family? Uh, perhaps a better question would be, what did I want when I isolated her, when I called her those names? And really begin to self-reflect and ask the question, what did I want? Uh, maybe another way to put it is, what did I hope would happen? Did I have an expect, expected response, an expectation um, that I was looking for. Um, how did it benefit me? Might be another. How did my behavior benefit me in the moment? Um, maybe another question would be, what did I hope she would do or not do? And you see what we're getting at is rather than asking the why question, we're really drilling down to the heart to say, okay, what do we want? What is our desires? And uh, we have a little phrase that, that I use quite a bit, and it's based on a passage I'm going to talk to you about in a moment. We do what we do because we want what we want. And once we really uncover the motives, when we really answer those questions honestly, what did I want when I called her those names? Well, I wanted her to be humiliated. I wanted her to give in. I wanted her to feel as bad as I did. I wanted peace, right? And see what I've just done there is if those answers are true, then really what I'm saying is I was using my power to control her, right? I was trying to overwhelm her to get what I wanted, which was conformity, compliance, for her to behave a way that I thought was acceptable. And um, that would be just a very brief um, example of maybe some of the work that would be done say in men of peace as we're self-reflecting on our actions now why is this important why do we even drill down to the motives what the what the motivations tell us about ourselves well the passage i would draw to your your attention to is james chapter 4 in james 4 james is talking to the church and he's um, inviting them to self-reflect as well 
And he's saying in verse 1 through 6, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 4, what causes fights and quarrels among you? So what is it that's producing this, this fight and this quarrelsome nature within the church? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? So in much the same way, right, obviously if a quarrelsome and fighting behavior comes from our desires, then we're going to suggest that certainly abuse is also coming from our desires. Again, it's not an outside force. It's not some causative uh, force outside of our control. It is a choice. Now that choice can be informed and can be um, have contributors and shaping influences, but at the end of the day, it's our choice. And where's that choice coming from? Well, according to James, it's coming from our desires that work within us. He goes on to say, you desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. You quarrel and fight. So two things here. One is, James is really highlighting again how central our desires and motivations are um, to our, our own choices and behavior. And that's something that we're going to have to wrestle with, that you're going to have to wrestle with when you ask those questions. What did I want when I punched a hole in the wall? What did I hope would happen when I displayed that weapon? Those are uh, self-reflective questions to get to the level of the desire. Now here's the other thing James reveals. Those behaviors, those in our case abusive behaviors designed to get what we want, don't work. Yeah, they might in the short term. You might want respect, but you'll settle for fear. And fear is a cheap substitute for respect. And it will never last. Eventually, it will give way. Um, this will not work in the long term. And he says, you do not have because you do not ask God. You covet, but you can't get what you want. It doesn't work. And he's saying we're we're going at it all the wrong way. We're not even coming after, coming to our desires with God in mind. We're not coming to him with the desires of our heart. But he goes on to say, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask the wrong motive. He says that you may spend it on your own pleasure. It, James understands the futility of selfishness, of pride, which will lie at the center of, of abusive behavior. As you dig down to all of those examples that I've been giving throughout, the strangulation, displaying weapons on, on kind of the one end, to the other end of the, the, the name-calling, to the isolation, to the guilt-tripping, you know, those type, to the punching holes in the wall, those types of behaviors all fall within that uh, abusive sphere, and they have, all have something in common. They're motivated by selfish desires as opposed to God-honoring desires. He then goes on to talk about the people as adulterous. Uh, you do not know what that friendship with the world uh, means enmity with God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that causes to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Now here's the key. For the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. The whole point here with James is that, look, the, the wrong heart, a heart of pride, has led to the wrong motives, selfishly motivated, selfish motivations, that has led to the wrong behavior, quarreling and fighting. Whereas a right um, heart, humility, 
will lead to right motivation, such as pursuing the glory of God and conformity to Christ, uh, that will lead to right or righteous behavior. And I bring that up because pride lies at the heart of abuse. It will always be there. And by pride, I mean that entitlement and selfishness that, again, leads to those selfish motives and that destructive behavior. Control is a natural byproduct of pride. If I believe that I'm entitled, then I will attempt to control people, circumstances, and outcomes in order to get what I want. And that has been the uh, MO of so many folks who have been um, abusive and destructive. So what's the alternative? Well, in the brief amount of time we have left, let me just draw your attention to that um, that progression that I just gave you. Okay, let's return to that progression. Abusive behaviors flow from selfish motivations that are fueled by a heart of pride. What Christ wants to do is he wants to transform that heart of pride into something else. What I believe the Bible calls in um, Philippians chapter 2, the mind of Christ. If the heart of pride has been fueling selfish motivations, which has been producing a, a crop of destructive fruit, then uprooting that heart of pride is, is imperative, and embracing the mind of Christ is necessary. Because the mind of Christ will then lead to godly motivations. I just want you to think about a couple examples of godly motivation. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 9, for instance. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. What is the motivation? To please God. A mind of Christ feeding a desire to please God will produce something different. Let me give you a second one. And we know for though we know that all things work together for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he called according to for those he, whom he foreknew, excuse me, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he may be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Well, what's another motivation? One is the glory and pleasure of God, Second Corinthians five nine. First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one might be another example of that. Two is conformity to Christ. I want to be like Jesus, and that's really what we're going for as we're doing this hard work uh, of understanding what we did, understanding why or what we wanted when we did it, understanding where those desires come from, uprooting that, replacing that with um, the mind of Christ, which should produce new godly desires, such as the glory of God and conformity to Christ, that will lead to new God-honoring behavior. So I know in about 16, 17 minutes, I've talked about that process, and it is a much longer, drawn-out process. But my hope is, if you're looking for hope, looking for help, uh, this brief podcast will give you at least the initial tools to self-reflect and think through things at the level of the heart. If you're looking for a more in-depth, um, deeper dive at this, consider checking out uh, Men of Peace Coaching. Um, and some of the resources that we have on our website at chrismoles.org. Thank you guys for being part of the podcast today. We appreciate you so much. And until next time, God bless.